Welcome back, friends. <laughs> Hockey time. Welcome, 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 welcome. You were all jerks. The Lebowski party's on your left. However, we are not talking about the bunch of jerks, the Carolina Hurricanes today. They have not, they happened it. They have not hit her lineup. If you're hoping we're going to talk about the UFC fight tonight, you clicked on the wrong podcast. If you thought we were going to talk about the football games that start pretty soon, the championship games, you clicked on the wrong podcast. I'm sorry, you just did. Uh, but if you were clicked on it, hoping for underachievers, you're just a couple of days early, but you're going to want to sit, you're going to want to wait for that. It, it will be worth it. We get a good one. At that. Um, also, continuation from this podcast to that podcast too. Conversation I thought of, I forgot. But if you were thinking of, if you clicked on a podcast trying to figure out or get our text of what the Flyers are doing right now, you would click on the right podcast. You did because we are going to be talking about them a little bit on the Minnesota Wild. We got a little bit of a deep dive there. Yep, um, Jeff's we got back. Our prediction times. Of Jeff course, is back. The season started. Obviously, this is their first podcast back since the season started. So yeah. Jeff's stat head is back. Oh, and we mentioned one last thing um, that we're going to bring biggest up first. Thing. The biggest thing. There was a trade, mm-hmm. and it was a blockbuster trade. It was, yes. And we'll both get to our takes on that and what we kind of thought about uh, those trades. Uh, I think I touched on everything. We will talk about the Flyers. They're kind of struggles a bit. Um, we'll take a look at their upcoming matchups with the New Jersey mm-hmm. Devils. We'll also uh, and we'll just go take a that. look league-wise as well. The season obviously started, so we'll just a little takeaway so far of what we've seen so far, or what we've looked at seen throughout the first about two weeks or so of the season, just about, I think, this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, let's start with that uh, groundbreaking trade, which I do have to say this at the top of, the, at the top of, of this discussion. I did a week ago tomorrow... So that would be because today is the 24th and it's about 2.30. So on Martin Luther King Day on the 18th, we were potentially going to podcast, but we tend to gabble a bit and there was a Flyers game. So I didn't want us to interfere and Jeff had work. He had the adult. I don't know what that's like, but he had to adult and I had a prediction on that show on that podcast. I was going to save it, but I felt I don't know when I would have the chance to, so I said it anyways. And I said, this is at 1242 on uh, Monday. What, what, what Monday? What, which Monday? The 18th. Okay. All right. Just, just we got it on the record. Junior. We just yes. got it on the record. Yeah, we have to. We have to. I'll show you that. Yes, but that was the conversation. I'm not making it up. I did I mean, say. We barely saw anything, next but that's two- all I mean, this is really great for people who are on, you know, audio, podcasting wise, but, but video wise, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did say in the next week or two, my prediction was he was going to get dealt. And and who looks like was this? It was uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, which I actually want. Before we even get to the trade itself, I kind of want to get backtrack a bit to the we whole to. kind of. We have to Shit show that was Dubois, and we've talked about it for the last. This is going to be our third podcast in a row talking about Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, it's the Pierre Luc Dubois show. Yeah. Um, and we'll a little later we'll get to our thoughts and takes on that trade, but 
it was desperately kind of needed it seemed because there was just so much shit and it obviously started he signed his one-year deal to stay in columbus for just so he can play obviously but he obviously didn't want to stay in columbus so he made i guess he made his kind of presence known to uh their gm who i'm blanking on the name give me a second yeah yarmo uh Kukulainen, I think. Yeah, uh, that he wants out. That he Just wants to be Yarmo, dated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yarmo. Uh, that he wanted out because potentially for two reasons. One, he wanted to make a bigger name for himself and play outside of a small city. Which is fair. A small, sorry, small market team. Uh, and he want, and just to get that name out there more. And also... John Tortorella factor. This is what I want to talk about now and a little bit for our next Underachievers podcast too, because we've seen a little bit in different sports, and I want to get Brian's take on that as well. Uh, but that relationship just seemed to crumble. Almost, it was worse than even the whatever you want once to believe. Peterson. Like that, yeah, once Peterson stuff. Uh, it just... I mean, it, when it, you, it just, you knew it was going to happen in the next day or two when in his last game he was benched for the first period. No, just... Correction, correction. ready for this? Pierre-Luc Dubois, in his final game ever as a Columbus Blue Jacket, had five shifts, three minutes, 55 total minutes ice time. He spent the final 44 minutes and 53 seconds on the bench. You can't do that. You can't do that no. for. Oh, also, I, I forgot to mention this was a tweet heading into overtime. That also means tack on an extra five minutes or mm-hmm. however many minutes the game was onto that. So, two, three Weren't minutes. They also, were they playing Tampa Bay in that game as well? They were. Hmm. The team they went seven or overtimes, however many overtimes they went to. Five. Five overtimes in the playoffs. You know, the guy that can, the only, well, I guess not the only guy, but your few, he was supposed to be your future. You're already number one center. You yep. just kept them on the bench because Tortorella didn't want him out there. Well, he, and that's just, my, that's just fair, what I, that's fair, what I took out of this situation. There, I don't know what the enters is there, but my takeaway was kind of a power move. Tortorella's like, you know what? You're not going to play much today. Here's the thing, though, and I'm I'm texting you right now, Whitmer, of the play, which was most likely the reason why he got benched. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois raced down into the corner. He was battling with two, sorry, battling with two um, Tampa Bay Lightning players, and you know it's it's a two, you know, two guys to one. Um, I can't tell who's there in the corner. But he kind of just gives up on the play, and and of all of all coaches to do that under and play for, John Tortorella is the last, and I mean the very last coach you want to pull a move like that on. I, to be fair, the argument either way. He hustled Maybe he there, didn't. But once he hustled there, he didn't do much. He after. was also double teamed, and I think he might have just he, had a stick kind of held. I think it might have been Headman. I don't know who it was, but someone got there in time. So, I, I, I yeah. Many, uh, yeah. You can make I, the argument that maybe he didn't try there. Maybe that just pissed up 
Tortorella off more than he already was. That, that, that's but that's my take. That's yeah, that's one way to look at it too. But also, it happened beforehand because even beforehand, Tortorella was mentioning it in press conferences, just his trade rumors and everything. And normally, uh, a coach might off just blow off that question, like, yeah, 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 that's an off kind of yeah, ice he, issue. He flat out said, yeah, stuff about the trade. Yeah. Which I'm sure probably pissed off Dubois a bit, just a little bit. I don't know. I think his. I mean, at the same time, though, if he really wants to get out of Columbus, I mean, he'll do whatever it takes. But I also, if I if I'm Yarmo, and this is just, I'll just get into the trade itself. Let's actually just get into that. Well, let's do that. My next little so, take. So, I was about the half was actually in the trade itself. So, so that that was the final play, and then yesterday morning. Pierre-Luc Dubois in a third-round pick to the Winnipeg Jets for Jack Rosovic and Patrick Laine. That is the blockbuster. So the second and the third overall pick from the 2016 NHL draft swapped for each other. And so we knew Laine was pretty unhappy in Winnipeg. So two birds with one stone, but then... Roslovic, and I just found this out yesterday, he was beyond pissed in Winnipeg. So really, three birds with one stone. So you get two extremely unhappy players in Winnipeg go to Columbus. One extremely unhappy player in Columbus go to Winnipeg. Problem solved. Well, not quite. Because how do you think Lainey is going to do in Columbus now with John Tortorella? Ah, thank you, Jeff. Now I can get to my take on this trade itself. So I'm going to start with the Columbus factor before I get over to Winnipeg, the line A stuff, because it's going to be another. I I have a feeling it's going to be another similar situation to Pure Lick to Ball, because I don't know how much. Because the thing on line A is yes, he has a fantastic shot, the best, the second best shot in the leagues. But outside of that, he's pretty meh everywhere else. And I. Don't think he's going to fare well in this Blue Jacket no. system. He does no. get his benefit, even though he can't play with Mar- um, uh, Shifley now because mm-hmm. he's no longer in Winnipeg, and that's what he really wanted is to play with Shifley. Um, but he does get to be on the first line now. However, John Turlow's system at the moment is defensively. So the only time you're really going to see him also, really... The other issue is Columbus is doesn't have a number one play. center anymore. No, that's, gonna, that's where I was going to take it next to is that I think this is going to be one of those trades that when you look back onto it, not saying that, I mean, the jury's still out there on both their careers, but I'm not saying he's going to go out to be this next great superstar Pierre like Bois. But I do see this as being a, uh, one of those moments where Columbus is going to be like, why did we trade him? And if yeah. I was Columbus, I, if I was Yarmo, I would have, before this actually happened, I would have like sat down with, Pierre Dubois and maybe try to see if there was any way you can say like if because there's realistically if you went the other route and said Tortorella out and you keep Dubois, which I probably would have done, but that's just me. Uh, you still have Gallant out there. You have I know Babcock mm-hmm. has his issues now, but you still have good coaches out there. But if he sat down, it's like okay, if we start you know building more around you, if we bring in like Gallant or whatever, and make more of an emphasis to bring your, make your profile up there. Would you still consider saying if that's still no, then, then obviously you would have to trade them. But I wonder if that would actually happen. Probably not, but that's what I would have done because 
you are losing your number one center, your franchise number one center. You're already well known or not really developed, still developing, but young number one center, which is not rare, but pretty rare for Columbus's sake to find one that ends up doing this well. And I think also this, which is going to piss off uh, towards more. I think not that I, you might have the fact check this. I don't really know, but I think Lani also has that reputation at times to not really try his hardest, not skate back yes. as hard as he can, yes. which is going to piss off Tortorella, which might just piss off Lani because yeah, he'll be able to do, you know, well offensively, but you're going to have to put him in a situation where he can succeed and, I don't know currently who's going to be his center. Is it going to be Nick Foligno again? Is it going to be Max Domi? Does he get promoted? Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Rosovic, I believe, could be a center. He's not a top-line center. No, he is not. But um, he could be at least a center, though. At least I believe he is. I can't even see him on their cap friendly at the moment. He's um, he also signed a, uh, for Russell Vick. He signed a two year deal, if I'm not mistaken. And Line is also on the IR too, so yes. they're not going to have his FM for a while. But you just no. lost your number one center, so yeah, which is dumb. The um, future also, number one center that you can actually build around. If you're going to try to build around Line. Tortorella is going to have to change his system because he's just not going to be that defensive. It's either that and realistically, he's going to be pissed even more gone. than he was in Winnipeg because, yeah, he could be on the first line, but that first line realistically is going to, even though that division isn't hard. He, so here, here's my question for you, real quick, Mike. That line would have to Do you to think John Tortorella will last till the end of the year? Probably, yeah. It depends on how well they do. But at this point, I don't see them. I thought for a minute they were on the fringe of maybe making the playoffs, but you just lost mm-hmm. your. Number one, number center. one center, and now it's going to be so it's going to be a little tandem of who can take that number one uh, spot for center. So for um, Pierre Luc Dubois, mm-hmm. he admitted that he needs to be better, and this is this is before the trade. Um, he said, "I have a quote here." Sorry, one second. Um, Pierre-Louis Dubois acknowledged how many times he has to be a better player to have a chance to help the Blue Jackets win. He doesn't know if he's playing tomorrow. This is from Dan Rosen two days ago. Um, Whenever the next game is, I've got to step up my game. I acknowledge that. I know it and I'm ready. He was asked if his effort level is good enough. Dubois said he doesn't think his all-around game is good enough. I hold myself to a high standard. I know what level I can play at. There's not a lot right now that I'm satisfied with. I know I can take up take a step up in every aspect. So he knows he needed to be better. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, this too, for uh, yeah. Roslovic, um, he was born in uh, Columbus, so he's actually playing for his... And, and, and I think I think um, Roslovic... Yeah, so Roslovic is playing for his home team, and also Dubois is playing for his home team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I, it just... I get it, but I mean, if you're trading pure Luc Dubois, Columbus, you need more than just 
Patrick Line helps, but you don't have a number one center now. You only got one. You didn't even get a pick out of the deal, did you? No, they gave no, up a you, pick. You gave up a pick. You didn't get anyone to replace him, really, that can be no. traded or dealt or anything like that. So, all right, looking looking That's at this just... before before actually before I ask you this, here's another quote. Um, this is at the end of the press conference a couple of days ago. Torreira did go a bit more into a follow up. Um, he said, "It's up to the player to show me. If you play the proper way, you're going to get out there." Dubois declined to comment that night. Um, Torts didn't say much about Dubois benching. He said, "I'm not going to have a discussion about it with you guys." So, classic Torts answer. Yep. And also that Tortorella factor where he's just going to yell and freak out. I don't know. To me, no, I don't really know. Obviously, I don't know Line or his game that much or really outside of the great shot and everything because he's played in Winnipeg, so I rarely get to see him. But I I don't know if he's going to be able to be put up with Tortorella like that either. And realistically, when you're playing, now the benefit they have is that they don't have to go against the East. But you still have mm-hmm. to go up against the Lightning or Carolina. If he's on that top line, that top line is realistically going up against Brandon Point. If he's struggling to defend, Line can see himself shuffling up and down that lineup. He's not going to like it, but in yeah. Tortorella's system where he wants that defense first. And again, why they made that straight too, because they need more offense, Columbus does. All right. So in that let's, sense, it makes let's sense. do this. Let's look at Columbus's new lines. Now, with the fact that Line A and Russell pick throw me in the lineup, maybe right. they're both not. I don't think they've been actually. You know, I don't think they're updated quite yet. No, well, no, because Line is on IR and right. this, uh, but I'll put it this way Rossipic's so if registration, if, if you actually, to... you know what, here's what you could here's what you could do with Dubois. Actually, it's updated because Dubois is not in that lineup with Dubois now out. The top line could look like Line A, Max Domi, Cam Atkinson. Mm-hmm. That means Foligno goes down on the second line. I don't think Ross, they want. I don't think they want Foligno to be the first line center because he's not at this point. Not at this point in his career. He no. he used to be, but not anymore. Yeah, and you have Riley Nash. It's just going to be that middle. Exactly. Center. So honestly. I, I really think Nash, if not Roslevic, is that's your bottom six right there. Centers. Well, also, right now he's not roster, but if Miko Koivu wants to, it's true. He's your fourth line strong. center. He, he's currently hurt, if I'm not mistaken. So that's what that could look like. Now for Winnipeg. Yes. So the Winnipeg factor. So Pierre Luc Dubois does get his wish in coming out of. Uh, Winnipeg, and I doubt he had any type of no. He, uh, he's going to be the second line so. center because you can't you can't make him in top line center because Shifley is too damn good. And you also have Blake Wheeler, and they both take time there. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, that that top line: Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, center by Shifley. That's a filthy line. It is. Stasny now moves to your third your third line center. But this is an also thing for... jumps down to fourth. I mean, dude, that's... I'm not going to lie. This looks like this could be a win. So let me ask you this. After looking at each lineup, who wins no. this trade? Winnipeg or Columbus? Oh, Winnipeg, hands down. And the that, reason... That, that, then, that's what I'm saying. Because look at this He'll be able to play now. with... I think he'll be able to play with 
federal line mates potentially, but also she's his responsibility goes down. But I don't know if that's really something he wanted. I mean, if he dude, wants to get his name so, out there more, he's, he's still going to be a second line center. Yeah, but I don't worst. know if he want if he wanted to be that second line center or if he wanted to go somewhere to be that number one center. Like, well, that, that's the issue because I mean, he now moves. He doesn't have number... much of a say in where he wants to yeah. go. He doesn't, but also this too. You got other people that are going to be known over him. So in that factor, I don't know how well. I don't know if he's going to like that part yeah. of the of <clears throat> Winnipeg. I mean, the benefit of it is you're not going to be out there. Is you're not going to. Well, you will be because you're still good enough. But you're. Well, here's the other thing now with Winnipeg. Um, with Dubois there. Well, let's see. Where is he? Okay, he is signed. He's he's an RFA, and he's signed him for two years. Yes. So regardless, though, this is really similar to that Patrick Lyons situation, where no matter what, in a couple of years, you would have had to resign him. Oh well, yeah. yeah. But that's why a lot, case, I think that's why a lot of people were turned off. But everyone, yeah, more people probably aunt, or talk to uh, when or Columbus about uh, Pierre Luc Dubois than he did Line because Pierre Luc yeah. is still a number one center and he's only 22. So a lot of people want that young center. Lie. And I don't think they realize, or at least at the moment, I don't think Columbus realizes what they just lost. And no, Pierre Luc Dubois. It's, I, I love Yarmo Kekalina as a GM. I think he's a good GM, but this was a mistake as a trade. Yeah. You got, they, if you're trading him, they you even gave get... up a third round pick. So Winnipeg, they won the straight because time. Even when we were talking, because the Flyers were rumored, I pretty much every team I feel probably asked, but even we were, Mitch and I were talking about it, and he was like, yeah, I would probably give up like Patrick and Ghost and like a pick or something At like that first. for him. And it just ended up being two guys, pretty much, instead of yeah. other people you, they can potentially you know what was around. really funny, though, that made I me mean, laugh. Uh, I also have this aspect, too, where I find it a little hard to build around a winger than a center. So yes. it would have been easier the for you to build one... around Pierre Luc Dubois than it will be for Line. Because Line needs only, now a good center. The only winger I've ever seen a team build around, Alex Ovechkin. Kind of, but that's not, and that's not having a guarantee. That again, it's kind of because the other other person you could put that there is Tarasenko. Yeah, so you could put Kucherov, but Kucherov has plenty of great centers around him, so you're not building around Kucherov. Anyway, so it's it's a lot hard. It's not like it's impossible. Those no, are just good it, examples just of it. It's just yeah. really it's harder to do. Yes. Anyway. So we both agree that, just, that Winnipeg won this trade. Yeah, but I still don't know who the realistically the better team outside of this ends up being. Because yeah, Columbus might get a little worse offensively, maybe even better. I don't know how that's going to play out with now Line in there, but you do lose that factor if you're number one center. But they have the better Winnipeg's defense is terrible. It's not great, <laughs> but they do have the better goaltending and better forwards. Yeah. Than Columbus does, in my opinion. The Winnipeg Jets play tonight, actually, against the Edmonton Oilers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Next play. 
They played last night, so I think they're... They played last night, so they'll play two days from now on the 26th, which should be Tuesday. Yep, same time the Flyers do. Yep. Um, anyway, I think we've really got this enough. The, yes. Do you have any final thoughts on yeah, this I kind of gave... Uh, I kind of yeah. got it up. All right, uh, moving on, we got some league updates. Um, let's go ahead with the stat head real quick. Um, yesterday's top performers... Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, three points each, two goals and assist, um, five shots on goal, played almost 17 minutes each. Uh, Andrew Cobb, he had two goals. Uh, Nikolai Ellers, two points. Mark Schofield, three points. Paul Stasny, three points. Crazy points there. Your top goalies, Elvis Merzlikens, two goals allowed, 30 saves, 0.938 save percentage in the win there. Um, Yaroslav Halak, only allowed one goal in the 6-1 Flyers loss to the Boston Bruins, 0.941 save percentage, and carry price, 23 saves, 25 shots, 0.920 save percentage. Um, as I mentioned yesterday's scores, the Boston dominating the Flyers, the Flyers' own goal was Kevin Hayes. Um, Columbus dominating the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-2. Um, Zach Wierenski had a goal. Um Gregorenko, Felino, Gavrikov, and Robinson, Victor Hedman, and Andre Platt had two goals for Tampa. Tampa is uh, that was their first loss on the year. St. Louis Blues four to two. Tory Krug got his first as a Blue. Um, Montreal dominating the season, and the Canucks uh, they're four zero and two now. Nick Suzuki, Corey Perry, Brandon, Brandon Gallagher, Jonathan Drone, and uh, Joel Edmondson each getting goals. Elias Pettersson and Niels Hoglander getting the two goals for Vancouver, who are two and five right now. Last but not least, the Winnipeg Jets, six to three in that game. Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ellers, Paul Stasny, Andrew Cobb getting goals. Uh, Dadanov, Brady Kachuk, and <clears throat> excuse me, Paul get the goals for the Senators. Um, of course, the major trade was the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Dubois and a third, which is a 2022 third round pick. Patrick Lane and Jack Russell Bay. Uh, your current standings, uh, top three on the one ground go in each division. Washington, eight. Philadelphia and Boston uh, tie for se- second with seven points. Um, Tampa Bay, uh, Columbus tie for first with six points. Colum- uh, sorry, Florida uh, and Carolina tied with four points. Um, you have Montreal in the north leading the division. Uh, 10 points, Winnipeg and Toronto, eight. Last but not least, Vegas and Minnesota, four and one, leading the way, eight points. St. Louis was seven. Uh, we have plenty of games today. Detroit versus Chicago. Who was third in that one? Uh, third is St. Louis with seven points. Who was second? Minnesota. Technically, they're tied uh, okay. for first. Got it, but got it, got it. I, did, I missed that part. I, I didn't, yeah, no, you're yeah. good. Yeah, there's, there's a there's a lot of close matchups. Oh no, Colorado, the great Colorado team is in the top three. Oh no, no, <laughs> so early. We were. No, can I mute you? No, damn it. All right, anyway, Buffalo and Washington, Vegas and Arizona, Toronto, Calgary, New York Islanders against the Devils, Penguins, Rangers, Avalanche, the Ducks, Predators, Stars. Sharks Wild, Kings Blues, and Oilers Jets. You want to know why <sighs> I don't trust Colorado, Jeffrey? I would love to know. Same reason why I can't trust Carol- Carolina. 
I do not trust Philip Grubauer. That's fair. That is one hundred percent fair. Also, because everyone seems to be really into them, so I have to be the opposite. That's fair. All right. Anyway, so that's that. Um, let's see here. What else? I think the Minnesota is very interesting, and I generally think at this point that um, what's his face? Uh, Kaprizov is probably going to win uh, the call. Kaprizov, yeah, dude, Kaprizov, that yeah. kid is freaking insane. He pulled off a nice between the legs move, and man, dude, that that guy is mm-hmm. good. Yeah, right now and, I think they're at the point where it's like, if you're saying the surprises or the team that you're like, oh wow, they're doing really well. Minnesota's definitely up there. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't think Montreal is that really surprising with all the moves they did during the off season. No, they made a lot um, of moves. But they did. Dude, Minnesota did a lot of little moves. In five games. Minnesota was pretty did a lot of like little moves to be where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be that way. I do think they'll wow. be one of the teams that finishes off. Oh, wait. The only thing that's concerning for Minnesota. I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that because we have to. Deep, I know. I know. Well, we, we might as well jump into Minnesota now because we're All talking right. about them. Um, where are we my, doing my with the stat concern, head to make updates anyways? Yeah, exactly. My only concern with Minnesota right now is Marcus Johnson. He only has one point, which is a goal in five games. They gave up Eric Stahl for him. So, you know, he's still so, fighting his way. I, I know. I'm no? just saying. I'm just saying. I expect more from Marcus Johansson. That's all. Mark Stahl was the second line, as the second line center at this point, maybe even third. Eric Stahl. What did I say? Mark Stahl. I did? I think I think you did. Uh, I thought I said Eric. And maybe you did. I don't know. It sounded like you said Mark Either Stahl. Either way, I don't I Stahl. Know. <laughs> he is older. He's not the same person as he used to be. I know, I know. and it's still early. Uh, but yeah, oh, that's. Oh, thank you, thank you. As um, you know, you're just badgering Colorado, saying, "Oh no, they're not the top three. It's early." That's a joke for everyone that thought, "Oh, they're gonna just run away with it. They're just gonna run away with this division from the start of this." Hey, I never said they would run away. Oh, I know I you said... weren't. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other people no, that are really high on them. I know. I saw Vegas running away with that division. Oh, same. <laughs> they're freaking filthy. It's not even fair. It's oh, yeah. not even fair. Definitely. Um, anyway, so speaking about Minnesota, um, their point leaders, Joel Erickson, at 5.5 games. Jordan Greenway, 5.5 oh, games. You know. And Kirill Kabrizov, 5 points, 5 games. Um, they have Kane Talbot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 2-1, 2.34 two goals against average. 0.925 save percentage and Capo Kakanen two wins in two games start at one um, two goals allowed 1.20 goals against average 0.951 yeah. save percentage what do you know Metro Gorilla is on their this. IR so has he even played a game yet who's on the IR Zuccarello no he hasn't even played yeah. a game yet for them this season yet no um, alright so looking going into the season this so is going- what the because I, I want to go with um, what the Wild were looking like going into the season. They had the expert contracts of their captain, Mika Koyu, 5.5 mil, who they did not resign. Uh, they had Alex Galchenyuk, 4.9 mil. Obviously, they didn't resign him. Right there, that was already 10.4 mil between the two of them. 
Um, Joel Erickson Eck, they, of course, resigned him. Jordan Greenway, they were both RFAs. They resigned him. Uh, they resigned them both. It's already paying off. They're both uh, RFAs, of course. Carson Soucy, um, he's a good young defenseman who I think has potential, potential, not saying he is, but potential, especially for Minnesota. They don't have the best defense right now, but he's a potential player, top six role. I don't know. Again, like on any other team, it's kind of hard to say. He's still growing into his you know, role. He's a very young player. Um, but that's all the guys that they had resigned. Taking really the only two that they didn't resign is Galchenyuk and Koivu. And he saved him a crap ton of money. Right now, um, they, they used it all because taking a look um, at Bill Guerin and, and his – offseason he was very busy um they signed jared spurgeon remember it's that seven year seven um point five aev cap hit so that was 53 million dollar deal you had jonah jonas Brodin's also seven mil sorry seven year deal seven by six 42 mil deal they signed cam talbot mark swillano to uh you know deals they had kevin Fiala to extension, Carson Soucy to three-year, two point seven five mil extension. So they signed him. That was big. Um, yeah, trades. Yes. They. Uh, oh, I forgot about this one. They made a really dumb trade. They got Ian Cole from the Colorado Avalanche. He's just going to be their extra def- uh, defenseman. They're, That's it's all. It's two point four five mil yeah. for Ian Cole. They're at, you're saying 18.8%, which is 800,000 according to Cap Friendly. They gave up Greg Patteron. Um, other than that, they got rid of Luke Coonan earlier in the offseason, if you remember, which I thought was a big mistake. They got Nick Benino a second and a third. Um, they also gave up Brian Donato for a third. They also did a, let's see, a conditional. This one made me laugh. Conditional 2021 seventh round pick. For Nick Bukestad, and the pick is transferred if Bukestad plays in 70 games or earns 35 points. I think it's unlikely, so it's basically just get some free. And of course, Eric Stahl and Mark Johansson. That was a bigger one. So, so Bill Guerin has been very busy. He has, and he really loves tapping that door of the Penguins because he's got nine picks to deal with uh, for this next draft. Uh, yeah. and two of them are from Pittsburgh, and two of them, the first one's in the first round, second one's in the third round. Thank you, Pittsburgh. S- sincerely, I'm Minnesota not, fans. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. This is my prediction. Minnesota is going to get a top pick thanks to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're going to get a, a lottery pick this year. I think. No, all right, so not lottery, but it's, it's going to be like a top 10 pick, I mean. No, they won't. <laughs> you never know. Dude, I, again, I'm predicting Pittsburgh's going to have a bad year they're going to lose and miss the playoffs they're going to it's going to be a top 10 pick i'm calling it right now All right. if i'm wrong hey i'm wrong but if i'm right i'm calling this i've been calling this since the offseason since they made that original trade true so i'm excited so for me where did you put minnesota i so so again uh going looking at the my season and just going minnesota into the in season yeah, so going into the season, remember, I have this spreadsheet that I made a while ago, and the spreadsheet I'm using is more so broken down into three different categories for this GM scenario. It's rebuilders, a rebuilder slash 
close, you're, you're not a rebuilder, but you're not a contender. You're kind of stuck in the middle. And then obviously a contender all, you know, when I mean contender, not a cup, Stanley Cup contender, a playoff contender. They are right between rebuilding and contending. Um, last year, they were 27, sorry, um, 35, 27, 7, 77 points. That's a 0. 0.558 uh, point percentage. Not great. I have them in the rebuilding. They did get into the bubble. But the they did. Uh, I have them as a rebuilder contender category. Um, yeah, they, they made a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. That helps, but they're still in that category. I think oh, they if, definitely are, yeah. Yeah, I, I, they, they got to do some more moves, draft some more players. I don't I trust more, their lineup I think quite. I don't trust their lineup too much yet, but I don't either. Getting but... there. Hi, friend. I don't really either, but um, see, I think that they can rebuild just by draft pick. Like I said, they have nine picks yeah. this upcoming draft, so they can at least try and literally five picks in the first three rounds. So they're set. If they want to make a deal again to trade up in that draft pick or draft or anything like that, they can do that now. Mm-hmm. So they have that to go with. And I think, yeah, a lot of the guys they brought in may not be like, holy shit, this just makes this team uh, automatically contender. Right. But I think they need to get a little bit of that for them, the little bit of that. Uh, veteran and young player kind of thing right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think they're at the point where the Flyers were in like the 2015 around there, where like the 2016 season. Yeah, where you feel like you could maybe make the playoffs, but realistically can't because no. the team they you really have isn't really the there. Bubble. But you're yeah, but they can easily as I they put them as a good comparison because the Flyers rebuilt it to the draft. Pretty much. They didn't really make many moves, a lot of, you know, bad things here and there. And, you know, Jerry's still out on the flyers still, but, you know, it's, I think it's a good platform to at least base this uh, wild team on going forward. Uh, Because for a while there, there were always a little bit, they were like, oh, we should be a team that wants to go for it and all this. Um, Especially Mm -hmm. when you, when he added Zach Prize and Ryan Suter, like, oh, here we go. The wild here. Here they go. But now they've kind of fallen a bit. Matt Dumba, I think he's still pretty still a pretty solid demon. There was little rumors he, during he the offseason that he's yeah. he could get dealt. Um so far it has not happened. And I think it for me, I think it'd be a dumb decision, but not just me. But if you want to get a good map back for him, I could see it. Mm-hmm. If they, if you want to say you're still that rebuilding, but he's only 26, so, and there was also the rumors in the prime of his career right now. Yeah, there was the uh, rumor of Perez potentially getting dealt with too to the Islanders. Yeah, and and that that trade uh, broke down like last minute, you know. Yeah, which I mean, for Minnesota's sake, for me, uh, good thing because aren't they getting like Lad? It was Andrew Ladd, yeah. Yeah. So I think both guys are kind of falling off a bit, but Parise still at 36. For a 36-year-old, he's putting up good points. You're not going to hear like he is from early on in his career, but mm. for a 36-year-old, 
what they're asking for him, he's still putting up really good numbers. He, last he, year, he put up 46 points. He put up 46 points in 69 games last year. The season yeah. before, he put up 61 points in 74 games. So he's still producing. Last year, he, he put up 25 yeah. goals. The year before, 28. He's producing. He's older, but he's still producing in his way. Not that really top you know, guy, but he's still of course. a valuable piece. He, he's more valuable than people realize, and mm-hmm. I really do think he still has some gas left in the tank, whether people see it mm-hmm. or not. I oh, think wow. he does. Should have put up 48 points last year in six, nine games. Again, both guys, although it, it's looking back, obviously 2020 hindsight, I don't think Chuck Fletcher, um, the then Minnesota Wild GM, would have made those signings. But again, no, he but ha- he there were also. He had to make a splash because you, you there was a, that, and there's the things that have come out that maybe it wasn't really him. The people higher up that said, "Sign these people." Well, again, thir- give- it, it sounds pretty familiar, kind of like how how Mr. <laughs> Snyder and Mr. Ed Snyder and uh, you know we're saying that to Paul Holmgren. You know, they both played a part, but it's kind of upper level, you know. And that's why a lot of people weren't a big fan of when the Flyers got Chuck Fletcher because of that, because of Prize and Suter. I mean, take but, a look, though. I think he really was one of the better options for GM out there. Oh, there definitely. And seeing what, there he's done very little things, but they've... But they've been, for the uh, most part, they've been some yeah. pretty smart moves. Yeah. And he's like he could have completely, pretty he well. Could have, yeah, he could have traded Ghost right away. He could have... Mm-hmm gotten rid of Patrick after a year. He hasn't really seen mm-hmm. Patrick and even Morin because he's two regimes past and they're still giving him a chance. So he's yeah, definitely... Which I like. Yeah, that's what I like about Fletcher so far yeah. is that he's given these guys their chances. Yeah. Um, and, I do see that. I do see yeah, I Minnesota scaling a spot for yeah. one of the four spots in the West. I we, we were debating about that before, but the I mean, it's again, it's early to say. And like I said, I think Kaprizov could easily, if he continues to play I this way throughout has the year, what it takes to win yeah. Rookie of the Year. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he has that potential, and uh, hey, good for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you can really trust Cam Talbot, but if you can get Kakinanen, uh, Kakinanen, I don't, I can't say his name. Sorry, sorry, he's, buddy. He he he's he's a good. I think he has you know good potential. Mm-hmm. Right now, I trust him more than Cam Talbot, and the guy doesn't play much. But they, I do too. Grooming, but I think you got guy for quite some time. You got to kind of do a 50-50 split between one of them, in my opinion. You do but because you can't afford to really give Kakanen a, a chance. You, like, you, so far, you, they haven't played that many games, but so far he's played more games than Talbot, so that shows your trust. Yeah, also, Talbot's there. thirty-three. Yes, you know what his limitation is, and even it's not even just them doing. I think every team is doing it differently this year of how they're playing the goalie. Like when I was when the Flyers were playing the Bruins the other day, they were saying they're only playing Tuca two times a week. Yeah, so that gives you a lot of chance for Halak to get in there. I I think other teams are going to have this thing. That's why I think a lot of people are high on Montreal. I don't really see it yet. But because I'm they got still, Jake Allen still, in there, just so I'm you can rest. Pretty Carey high Price. for the most part yeah. on um, on Montreal, but they're they're a lot better than I think what people. Oh, I'm yeah, not I saying agree. that they're going to win the division, 
No, yeah, the I think, that's, the, I think the, that's, the, that's still the one toss of the division. I still have no idea. I know even Vancouver has I'm struggled, but I think uh, there's yeah. a lot of not a lot of new players. Neil, Neil's Hoglander is a very important piece for Vancouver, and I think he's going to do very well there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, d- this is just a funny before we get off. Yeah, kind of talk Flyers uh, next uh, segment. Um, so Mitch and I were bored uh, the other of weekend uh, when. They came when my sister and them came in because they went, mm-hmm. uh, they went baby shopping for my sister. So while they were doing that, Mitch and I were just at home. And you know how before we would always do like those, just how many numbers we can yep. without looking at it. Or there's just a goalie that's been around forever. How many teams we could name? So we did this, but with teams that we don't really think of. Ooh. Like so, I gave Mitch Minnesota for one of them. And this is just going off the top of, my head, top of his head, who can name and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's for us, it was a lot harder than we realized it was going to be. Just naming people that you could at the top of your head of teams you wouldn't really think of because there's nothing at the moment or very, mm-hmm. or still rebuilding or one of those teams. So some of the teams we did on there was uh, LA, well, actually, all the California teams. Um, Minnesota was one of them. I think there was one other, but I forget. And, and so, I guess what, what oh, was Vancouver. the question? How many people you can name on this team? Oh, 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 oh in general. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so without if, looking if, at it, without looking at it, that's, without... that's fair. Yeah, I like that. What we got to do is, I still want to do the numbers. I know you, you do. You, you know what we should do. Every, we should have so done every, that. Truth be told, we should have done that in the off season. Yeah, you're right. No, so here's what we should do. Every every time we from now on, every time we break down a team, we need to do some kind of trivia with that team. Mm-hmm. Or, or or even just like in general, like it doesn't even have to be about that team we're breaking down. But like, I think we we should start doing some trivia on here, make it, to spice okay. things up a little bit, make it more fun. Okay. Because I, I'm a sucker for hockey trivia, as you know. I didn't know that. But anyways, <laughs> let's transition over a bit. I think this last little bit we have um, for the rest of the podcast is going to be a lot flyers. Talk. Most likely. Yes, we I don't do. think we have anything else, so, really. Um, where do you want to begin? Because we got the team to talk about and a specific defenseman we want to talk about. Well, they all kind of go hand in hand because the flyers at the moment are having issues. But... Let's actually start with the obvious. So since game one, the injury bug has obviously hit the Flyers kind of hard. Um, you've the Because Mitch and I were, were talking about this too, and that this is after Kateri got hurt in, mm. uh, in, in that uh, Penguin series. Uh, of most important person to not get hurt and for us, and I think I agree, I think we might be a little, or it might be the same, I don't know. I think he, for me, I think he's third most important player to mm-hmm. not get hurt or to stay healthy. The guys above him, I'd say Ivan Proveroff too. Number one, obviously, Carter Hart. Mm-hmm. Carter Hart, for me, is the obvious one because we see if he gets hurt and Elliot has to take the reins, we've seen it in years past. Once that happens, Elliot is he'll get hurt 
It's just you, uh, you have to be careful. Elliot right now is the best we've kind of seen him in a Flyers uniform because he's the backup and he's fit that role really well with Carter Hart, both in mentoring him and just being that backup, being a reliable backup whenever he gets in there. He already has to shut. He already has to shut out this season, and the one game he's played. So he had he does have value, but it's just if Hart went down, you're you're putting a lot of faith in that. And obviously Ivan Provorov, and we've seen that so far. If he goes down, your defense really suffers. It really suffers. Yeah. But that's just my thinking of the three most kind of important. Then Sean Couturier, just forward wise. And we've seen it so far. And just going back towards the Flyers in the last couple of games, you see how much of a loss he really is. And now right. going looking forward to New Jersey, I don't know if it's going to be that much. I, I shouldn't write off New Jersey, especially for how well the Flyers have played, but I think you can get away with not having Couturier for that one because the series you just played against Boston was the hardest team you're going to have to play against in your division. And yeah. you didn't have Sean Couturier. You didn't have the Selkie winner. So yeah. you then have to do a tandem and shutting down that Bergeron line. And he just can't, even without Pasternak. Even without him, they're still deadly. And he can yes. shut down pretty much anyone, and the Flyers can't, couldn't really produce that. You can try to put Provorov out there as much as you can, but you just it's not going to work as well. You need Couturier out there to... He just kind of calms everything down somehow. It and really because does. of that... I'll put because it this way, like... The reason why that the scores, the reason why we can kind sorry, the reason why we can kind of go and I think fully healthy, we can take Boston, is -hmm. because if you really think about it, Bertrand Couturier lines they'll shut each other out. So then it goes depth, and if the Flyers depth actually wants to show up, that's when the Flyers will have the benefit. Yeah. Um. Really quickly here, and speaking about the importance of Sean Couturier. Look at the scores. Look how much, how many goals the yeah. Flyers gave up. So technically, they gave up four in the first game because they lost in a shootout five four. But um, so if you're including that fifth goal, that imaginary fifth goal, it's eleven to five in those two games. Yeah, and game that shows. And game Hearts the, has played in the least amount of goals he's given up is three. I don't know. Yes, no yeah. two. Sorry, two. Then he played both uh, Pittsburgh yeah. games. He did, and he also played that first Buffalo game. He got yanked. Yeah, he gave up six. So, and yeah. then he gave up another six to Boston. Yeah, And then um, four the game before against Boston. So a lot. This is a lot different, and I guess you realize how much of an impact Niskanen had to the, that defense as well. Because yeah. not um, only are not the fl- Flyers struggling, but because a lot of shot repression... It's just it's getting a lot more rubber onto Hart, and Hart can only do so much just standing on his head. And even yeah, in these no. games, I don't think Hart has looked bad. It's just no. the guys in front of him just at times just can't. And, and Austin and in both games have how frustrated he got after last night's game. There was, um, you know, a, a shot of Carter Hart slamming his stick and breaking it mm-hmm. over the post, slams it down like you broke it. Um, you know, last night at an E, yeah, he got pissed rightfully so. He's not getting any help, but he he actually uh, made a statement. He said it just kind of boiled over. I regret doing that. I'm not a guy who gets 
angry too often, but just frustrating. Yeah. That was unprofessional of me to do that there at the end. So I apologize to everyone that saw that just heat of the moment. And I'll say this though. I don't blame him now. Even with the Flyers kind of offensive problems, if you want to say that just shooting wise and mm. keeping it in the uh, offensive zone, they are actually I have to look this up. Third, tie for third for goals four in the whole league with 20. Yeah. And then they see the flip side of that where they are second, no, third, sorry, and goals against at 22. Vancouver has 33. Then Chicago, 23, 22 for Philadelphia. Now, Having said this, last year, if you remember, it took them into November to get their feet going. And then they had a little downfall in December, but that was a lot of not necessarily hockey reasons, but dominated. Yeah. But it just took them a little while. And obviously, I don't want to keep putting this as an excuse, but there were no preseason games. And I think that's why you see some of the injuries that Flyers have had. They haven't gotten that used to the body contact and everything that benefit the only, it just sucks for frost him being out for it long. I, I feel, I feel awful for him. I mean, he, he worked his ass off and, and he yeah. got a dislocated but shoulder. Also benefit, update on Katari. He's, he's out for up to two or two weeks minimum. It was, yeah. that was at least a week ago, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. That was against. Um, and then Phil Myers is out several weeks with, Again, a couple weeks. Both of theirs are pretty much rib kind of. Katuria sounds even worse than it is. And they're both kind of deal with it, but it's also one of those things where neither one needs surgery. So it's just a matter of them, how they heal and when they're ready. Mm -hmm. And if you remember back to last season with Katuria, he played. I don't even know what the injury was. I don't know if it ever really came out. It was either a wrist, a shoulder, or like an arm. He had it, some. No, type it of was. Injury. It was his like ribs, which is weird. Last year. Oh no! no oh, I'm sorry. Last year you're talking. Yeah, it was last year when he had oh, a little sorry, issue, but he was still he was hurt. It, he it was, was his arm. Face offs, but he was still playing. It was his arm. So he is a tough one. So I do believe, even though when you look at it, it's it's varies between weeks and like even months mm-hmm. for this thing to kind of heal for him. But mm-hmm. I think Kateri will toughen it out because he's just that guy. So I think he'll probably be in the two weeks. So hopefully later this week we'll see him go. And obviously yeah. the wor- not worst case, but what you're going to have to deal with all season goes to have COVID. Mm-hmm. He did test positive, but he is yeah. skating. So he, pra- he will practice with the team tomorrow. And Which I hope I really hope that he'll just go in there and just kind of be the same ghost he was before he had it. So he can just get into the lineup because at the moment, the Flyers have about uh, three anchors in that defense that are holding him back. And I even said to myself last night, because when I saw those DA pairs that were running, I said, oh, the Provorov, Sanheim, that's, that's about a first pair. And he got th- two th- third pairs. And I even said yeah. when I saw Gus and Brown, like that D oh. pair is going to be in their own zone pretty much all night. And it ended up pretty much being true. 
it was it's rough because so the and obviously the Myers injury hurts more just because your defense kind of suffers even more. Freeman had a little scare, but he is playing. And realistically, he didn't even look terrible. He took no. maybe a couple of bad penalties last night. And 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 that injury with Mark Friedman, do you consider that a freak injury or do you consider it Marshawn and Marshawn with the dirty play? A mixture of both. I, I, I agree. I, I think it, it is – it's more so, I, I think it's, I'll put it this way, I think it's 60% it was just a freak play with like, you know, they're both fighting for the puck, but you got to mm-hmm. consider how Marshawn fights for the puck, his style, he got through that a little little bit of dirtiness. But the in puck wasn't even close to him. Well, and, and that's, that's what I'm saying, the other like that's part, that's part of the dirtiness right there, yeah. Um. Also, so here's the issue. Is, I don't know how much of I know you were kind of busy this weekend. The first Boston game, you had a migraine, so I don't know how much of the game you saw. And I, I, I saw bits and pieces yeah, here and there. Bits and pieces, and then obviously, I think last night's game, you were a little uh, busy with uh, some. I think you hung out with some friends last night. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you really saw any of the game much realistically. Good thing you didn't. But even no. in that game, outside of that third period where just a scoring explosion for uh, Boston, mm-hmm. defensively, not defensively, but neutral zone and stuff like that, the Flyers looked a little better. But they didn't really show offensively because the Flyers are still having that issue of staying in the offensive zone, getting mm-hmm. you know zone position there, being on the forecheck, stuff like that. That's still an issue. But they did clear it up a little bit, but there's again, you played one of the hardest teams you're going to have to play against yeah. in your division. And I think because I think the jury's still out there on Hughes and Heischer, I think that at least without Couturier, you can at least have, have Hayes or Couturier or Hayes or Lawton or someone be out there to shut them down. I think so. Honestly, I think your next best option is Kevin Hayes. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, is I agree, the, but I'm just saying compared to even Buffalo, who again wasn't a great team, but you do have to go get up against Jack Eichel. Where again, you would have liked to have Couturier out there because he's just gonna shut down their number one guy. Yeah. Even on off days, he's still gonna give you enough to shut them down. Right. But you see how much of an issue it then becomes without Couturier in the lineup, your forward wise. And obviously, there's a lot, I think, of flyers at the moment that ha- that need a couple games to get their feet going. Obviously, Oscar coming back from mm-hmm. cancer. Patrick, almost two years, essentially, since he's last played. I mean, hey, I'll put it this way. Patrick's Even, not looking too bad. He's four points in oh, six games. Oh, he hasn't, but I'm just saying they are going to get better as the game gets yeah. going. And, and, and I'm just, on, the only reason why Oscar, I say that is because... Six games, which is awesome. It's awesome, but when they're the third line, they should be dominating more than they are. Yes. And especially when you throw TK on that line, too, they should be do- dominating other teams' third lines more than And TK have. is seven points in six games. By the yes. way, Hollywood A's eight points, six games. Also, Thank you very have, uh, I believe, before last night, uh, I don't know if it's changed, but Vorchek led in assists. Not surprising at all. And TK was leading in goals. League-wise. Yeah, Konecki has five goals. Jake has six assists. Uh, yeah. That is still the case. So you have your offensive 
that's not putting the puck in the back of the net has not been that bad of an issue. It's just sustaining it, getting the chances and playing good defensively. You still have yet to have really a mm-hmm. game where you dominated majority of it. Even yeah. in those games against Pittsburgh where you kind of looked like you dominated, there were times where like, ooh, I'm getting I'm at the edge of my seat, kind of uh kind of nervous. Granted, the Flyers pulled it out, took two of them, and still, they're still top three in their division. So even with the Flyers struggling, they're still having success, and they still came out with at least a point against Boston. Mm. Um, sorry, Jeff, it's time. I know. So the I other person the I want to give, I have, a, I have a little, I have a little leash on him because he is learning a new system he's trying to build chemistry he's also i'm pretty sure on the opposite side of his dominant and even though he said he's fine there i think he's kind of not the best option there but you were you did make a good point and i don't think it was you know completely you know crazy to think about after that first game where he had his probably best game as a flyer he put up two assists on the power play that's another issue too you got to stop putting the second unit out there instead of the first unit on the power play. I'm not really happy with my my statement. Yeah. So, Jeffrey. It's it's biting me. Yeah. Eric Gustafson wasn't a good pickup. Question mark. Good one, folks. LOL. I'll be the first to admit. All right. Again, it's it's early. He's still learning. You got to admit, his first game. He looked pretty solid. He added two assists. He made mm-hmm. great plays. They're mm-hmm. good plays. Since then, he's kind of... He has looked... Awful. Compare, no, I was trying to compare it to a quarterback. He was like Mark Sanchez. He treasured over the ball like crazy. <laughs> or the puck. He had a lot of turnovers. But yeah. that's the risk you take in getting a guy like Gustafson. The good news is it's only a one-year but deal. That is the good news. But also this, when you heard the Flyers, because I've already, since the Flyers signing of him, I've been kind of hesitant on Gustafson because I felt he's, eh, you know. But what was your, when you saw the Flyers sign him, what was your, like, if he was at the top of his game, what's your expectations for him? I'm not going to lie. I was genuinely excited that the Flyers signed Eric Gustafson. I'm not going to lie. Um, for Gustafson, again, I don't – so he is currently 28. Mm-hmm. He was a former fourth-round pick in the 2012 draft. So I'm not going to lie. In in his perfect example, 2018-19, not that long ago, he put up 60 points. 43 of them were assists, 17 goals. Now, I'm not saying he's going to put up 60 points. For a defenseman like him now with the Flyers, I could see him getting at 25, 30 points. Mm -hmm. I think that's reasonable for the most part. I think that's relatively fair. The way he's going, though, points would be good, but at the same time, you got to look over the turnovers and you got to look at the bigger parts of the game. So far, so he typically averages – 20 just over 20 minutes a game you know for the last couple of years um 
And so, so far, he's already had seven giveaways and only one takeaway. So looking at his stats, he has a lot of giveaways. For example, uh, actually the year, he, it looks like he was on the All-Star team. He had 77 giveaways that year. And that was also the year he had 60 points. He's He can get you points, but in the process, though, he he might be kind of that brisk player where he's going to do I'll it again this, to get points, but he might it might cost it's, you. It's kind of sad, even though it was yeah. only seven games. He's already put give to uh, turn over the puck more times than he did in his whole time in Calgary. He played yeah. one more game in Calgary than he did in Philadelphia. He had five there. He's had seven now with Philadelphia. <sighs> He does yeah. have six blocks, so there's that. But, I mean, when I I get the one and again, because the Flyers like their defense to get up in the play. And if you, add, if you that, have Ghost in the lineup. But they took way too long to sign him. Or, sorry, sign a defenseman. I agree. Um, I and feel like he, he was realistically one of the very few options left. I agree. That was one of the better ones. Yeah, I agree. But I'm in that sense, but also if you say Ghost is in the lineup and takes that first line, you at least have two guys of similar skill set that they can hopefully get the puck out quickly from their own zone and turn it into an offensive rush quickly. The only thing I thought was, okay, maybe he'll be like Ghost, but a more developed defenseman, so he'd be better in his own zone than Ghost is currently. But, I mean... They're about the same at the moment to me at times. Yeah. No. Some for this next game, I know it's gonna. I don't know when Ghost is gonna come back because it's. If you hear Avi's comments, it's really up in the air because it could be tomorrow, it could be a couple weeks, or like a week or two, uh, before they feel ready or however he kind of takes coming back from an illness and. Anyone who's ever played a sport after having a cold or anything like that can know it can kind of knock you down. It takes a little bit to kind of get back your strength mm-hmm. from being sick or whatever. And I don't know how bad it was for ghosts, but hopefully it's one of those things where he can kind of get back out there and be what he was in training camp. Cause in camp, he really dominated. It sounded like. And if you do that and put him with goat, him with Provorov, then you throw Sandheim down there, and then eh, I don't know who you put him with, but that at least separates your defense a little bit. It does. And uh, I'll I, say this: I've had my issues with Hick, but he has not been the worst defenseman. He is not because each defenseman has their value. Obviously, obviously. Braun and Hag type of defenseman, defensive defensemen are not my favorite. They're not they're flashy, but they're supposed to be the guys that clear the garbage in front of Hart, in front of the in front of the net, and, and also times, get to the dirty areas. Yes, and at times uh, they've haven't gotten there yet. They've yeah. like got like even in the game against Boston, their first goal, Boston scored in the power play. I think it was I forget who it was, but someone snuck in the like last second in front of heart and they just kind of took advantage. And and that's the issue with these defensemen. And that's why you the Flyers, and I want to be surprised. They, they, don't, they don't do enough to clear out 
in front yeah, of and that's Hart where you kind of or Elliot. They, 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 they have it. to. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little trouble. Those guys have to do a better in their very own early. Zone. They definitely they, do. They do. Gustafson, um, I'm still giving him a early. little bit of a leash, a little bit of a leeway because, again, he's an offensive defenseman, learning new system and all this, and on his opposite side. I but again, well. in his system like Vignol, he should he be should, fine. Yes. He should be. And like I said, he, it took he him a month last year. I took a, the Flyers team itself a month to get used to Vigneault's system last year. Hmm. I don't know how long it's going to take Gustafson to get his feet going, and I think it's just going to take – putting him at the right person. Um, and if you're asking me, it really sucks that Myers is out because I know that that hurts a lot. Because I don't know who you put when Ghost comes out. The obvious one's going to be Friedman that comes out. Yeah. Here's the other question: is because I think he's been going back and forth a bit. Derek Fouliot. I mean. He's going back I, to AHL. Is he going back? Okay, I, I, I wasn't. Well, sure he just went back to the Texas squad to the AHL, but I believe the AHL's training camp starts this week. Gotcha. I'm not um, gonna lie. Um, no, obviously, first things first. Gus is very deserves a shot. Oh, he's definitely don't get a shot. He yeah, if things he was, don't get better, I, I want to see what Pouliot can bring because he's got the talent, but the problem is he has trouble. The only issue is he's trouble actually putting piecing it together on ice. I don't know why he's always been like this. He right. has the talent on the ice. Just for whatever reason, he can't figure things out on the ice. I, I can't also, explain it, but it's also a risky one, but if Zamola actually develops more and becomes that if they feel he's and it's already you got him there too. You got yeah. your you have kind of depth on defense a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it just there's a lot you ha- kind of have yeah. to deal with, and also this too. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you saw Morin. I'm kind of changing the subject a bit, but you see Morin come in the game, and one of the games against New Jersey, just because like there's been times. That. I think the Flyers are kind of struggling without having fans to get create energy. Yeah, to get energized, because uh, there's been times where like they were on a five on three against Buffalo at home, where they kind of like kind of dominated like one of the few penalty kills they actually dominated mm-hmm. against. And if they had the crowd there, they could have fed off it, but they didn't have that. Per- per- perfect. Exa- perfect example. During the Flyers devils, the Flyers home opener um, last season, uh, I was at that game and the Flyers towards the end of the second period, they were on a, it was a five on three devils had a two man advantage and every block shot, every save, every clear, the crowd got louder and louder and louder. It felt like playoff atmosphere. And you could tell how hyped the players were. You could tell how hyped the fans were. And again, every block, every save, and everything the team was doing, it just got better and better because they fed off of that energy from the crowd. The crowd was giving it right to them, and they ate it up, and they loved every second of it. The players – Banging their sticks and oh my god, it was, it was incredible. And, yeah, you, and feed, that, you feed off you a lot. Can't from it. You can't recreate that with no. the fake noise. It's no. impossible. And with and, these next two series, I think both New Jersey and the Islanders, it's going to be a lot of grit to get you the wins. And I think if you want to get here, someone out there, the other thing, Sam Warren, I think, would be the one that would. Yes, and here's the other thing: the Flyers should that. already have a, a bit of a fire lit under their ass. After the that, yeah. 
because well, they just... lost seven to them in different playoffs and oh, they didn't okay, play their best yeah. hockey. But I, I expect, you know, some of the veterans, especially, they didn't play their best hockey at all against the New York Islanders during playoffs. They're going to want to show them up during the regular season here. I was going to say New Jersey. I was almost going to say New Jersey should watch out because how the Flyers entered the last game in Boston was ugly. And you know how sometimes there's those teams where if they have such a bad loss, like the they game take before, it out the next game. Yeah. And I feel like that's potentially the next thing. The other thing that helps last week was a busy week for the Flyers. They have four mm-hmm. games back to back and then the two against Boston with the day separating. They have two days off today and tomorrow and before the next game. So maybe, I don't know if that will help, but maybe, I don't know. Because they got to figure, they got to figure something out, something out. Because realistically, I don't want it to be another month, especially of a shortened season like this season is, a month for them to get their feet going. Because if you're struggling in a month from now, you're then trying to climb up in the standings, and that's going to be a tough task. Yeah, you really are. And and here's the thing is, with Myers out long-term, if you can't figure out the defense issue, I'm not going to lie, and I got to ask, and I hate asking this, could you see a possible trade? I think at some point you're going to have to. Definitely not Keith If Neagle. things don't get better, you're going to have – I think you're going to have to make a trade with Phil Myers out this long. And also, you, again, you got to bench Braun or honestly even Gustafson um, if, if things don't get better. Yeah. They have not played that well at all for the Philadelphia Flyers, and it's showing. It is. Um, and the only reason Justin tra- Braun is back is because for. Matt Niskin retired. Yeah. If Niskanen were never retired, Justin Braun would not be here right now. He might not be seeing these issues either. In- exactly. Um, so, bottom line is, let's call Matt Niskanen right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Niskin, we need you. Like, Carter Hart can only do so much. Exactly. For this team. So the team in front of them actually has to perform. And for I think it's safe to say Brian Elliott should get the start, give Carter Hart the day off or the night off. Maybe the second game against New Jersey. You got two days off before this next one. So I think they're going to probably go back. That's also, fair. I think they get Carter Hart wins also revenge after giving up six the game. And that's fair. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm expecting this team to rebound. They have yeah. the talent, it's there. Um, they do, they but just they have to find a way to win without some of their key players, like Charlie, like put Phil it best a couple of days ago. Before, I think before this Boston series, and that yeah. for, and after like the Buffalo series and how rough those were, it's that without Couturier and the injuries, it's just kind of trying to grind out victories in yeah. any way possible. If you can get dirty, but go goals, do it. If you have to get to the dirty areas. Do it. It's just what you're going to have to do. The other thing is they have to watch the penalty minutes. Yeah. Well, post specialties are awful at the moment. Yeah. Fire Michelle Therrien. He's got to go. Because for some reason, because of one game, now the first game of the season, because that second unit looked really good. Now, for some reason, the first unit has to battle back to try to earn it because, you know, because, you know, that first unit that has your best power play player, your leading goal scorer, and a bunch of other offensively talented people, you know, let's keep them out for at least a minute in the power play. So that second unit, when it comes out of the zone, they can't get back in. And then it completely fucks over yeah. the first unit. 
And believe it or not, I believe the last power play goal was scored on that first unit by, even though I think they gave credit to TK, it was really true. Yeah. And I think there's going to be a lot of ass firing going on with the Flyers. So let's get into that quickly, Jeffrey. Uh, Prediction time for, do you want to do both games or just the one? Why not? Let's do both. So, so we have. The I think the Flyers. Flyers I said the Flyers sweep Tuesday night, seven p.m. NBC Sports Philadelphia. And the first one, I'm saying three-one Flyers win. Okay. I think Woods Wood, whatever his name is, I think he'll Miles get Wood. the yeah Miles Wood to get the lone goal for New Jersey, and that's why again they have grindy players like Miles Wood, Subban can get into the dirty areas. That's why he wants. Miles there. Wood is leading the team in goals with three. That's cute. By the way, Jack Hughes, he has six points in four games. That's cute. So um, I'm just saying, he's already seems like he's finding his game compared to last year. Yeah. Uh, for the Flyers, I say, even not kind of tra- 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 trash on them, I think. Uh, Gustafson will get a goal. Um, Patty and uh, he's streaky. JBR. There you go. Um, 3 1 Flyers win for you on Tuesday night. I say 2 to 1 Flyers win. It's going to be, again, a great no game. No empty either. Am I? There you go. Um, Jack Hughes is going to get the lone goal for the. Devils, um, Oscar Lindblom gets on the board, and Claude Drew gets his first on the season. Mm-hmm. I still think he should already have his first, but that just me. He should, but he somehow doesn't. Um, Thursday night is then the next game, Flyers-Devils again. Also 7 o'clock start, of course. This one, what's your take on it? Because I, I want to say... This one will be more the of a Flyers are going to explode be more ex- for goals. Yeah, I was going to say it's going to think it's going to be more of a scoring, ex- scoring explosion. That's mm. what I'm going to say 5 3 Flyers. That's fair. Um, so, he, yeah, who you got? I say Heesher, Suban, and Wood again. And then for the Flyers. Vorchek, Hollywood Hayes, G, and Raffle. Again, no empty nets. Yeah. Um, this one, <sighs> yeah. For, for the, I want to say the Flyers would explode their goals, but it's I, I don't if they explode for goals, I don't see them getting too many. I'm saying four at most, if not even five. But it's still going to be a tight game. Like it's going to be, you know what? Let's do this: five four Flyers win in overtime. Okay. Um, for the Devils. You have Travis Zajac, Sammy Votnin, P.K. Subban, 
Kyle Mary For the Flyers, Travis Sanheim, McGraffle, Scott Lawton, Farabee, and Albe Kubel. If he's playing. If he's playing. If not, Voracek. All right. Because I think there's going to so, be some type of lineup change. I don't know what it's going to be for the next I game. could see it, and I prefer on defense. I do too, but either way, I'd be fine with because more can go either way. You can, yes. Also, you got um, Ghost. Could hopefully get Ghost coming back, so maybe. That'd be All great. Right. Anyways, that's going to do it for today. See you on Tuesday for what's going to be... Story time. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Until then, we'll see you.